You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of Legends of Runeterra. This episode is supported by listeners like you. To become a supporter of Legends Cast, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. My name is Mark or the Lift, and I am one of your hosts from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and your personal quarantine explorer into the Legends of Runeterra, your guide uh, to lead you into the unknown wilds. And we got some wild new cards to talk about tonight, but with us are two other faithful guides uh my co-host dbn and our returning guest laser jishin back after episode nine to talk with us again on episode 10 dbn and laser jishin it's good to be with you guys tonight i'm gonna kick it over to laser first laser how you doing tonight man you know what? i'm doing pretty good uh, i made burritos for dinner which were very tasty um started a new season of master chef because that's where i'm at in quarantine where that's an event now and uh yeah you could so you could say things are going pretty well i'm still somewhere in tiger king part of quarantine there you go i'm still somewhere caught stranded in the psychotic world that is in in rather actually disheartening about all of humanity world that is tiger king (laughs) and but we had tacos tonight man mexican mexican wednesday yeah, ta- yeah taco doing? wednesday i had taco tuesday yesterday Ooh, that was nice it was nice now I... this was pretty cool we had these really neat uh square on the bottom taco shells oh yeah right? yeah 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 have you Ooh, seen yeah. those you can load those, those suckers up work <laughs> yeah they work Dude, they don't fall apart up. Because... well right and because like i feel like when you try to load up a your old your standard run-of-the-mill taco shell right the the it is not as stable in the bottom you know of the canal of the canyon that is the taco shell such that if you fill it up it starts like widening and splitting the bottom and then everything falls out the bottom and that's like really crummy because you wanted a taco and not a hot mess mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I don't know you don't know what I want I mean mm. yeah <laughs> you're right. Listen, you can here. Here's what I'll uh, you, I'll have all of your square taco shells, and you and can have all of my hot messes. Yeah, all Classic. of my hot messes. Yes, I have several. So yeah. be prepared. <laughs> they don't, they're not just involved in tacos either. Oh, it ain't just tacos. All kinds of hot messes. All kinds of them. Well, man. Uh, oh, the other thing that I got with me tonight. Do either you guys like The Office, or am I the only boomer that loves The Office? No, I'm there with The Office. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. love them. So I got my. I got my prison mic, prison mic, prison (laughs) mic glass with me tonight that my brother had made for me. So I got my prison mic glass with my water. I'm ready to talk legends of Runeterra. We had a great week. Um, It was one of those. It was a little it's been a little chaotic. Just, uh, you know, when you don't go to work, really, but you're still working, there is ample room for miscommunication, um, which is always fun to manage miscommunication is my favorite thing spoiler alert, least favorite thing to manage 
So we had a little bit of that this week, but I made huge progress on my Star Wars Legion board. Um, so I'm really pumped about that. So I'm waiting for that to all dry up and so I can start texturing and sanding and getting it ready to go. So had a, had a good week and got to play a decent amount of Legends of Runeterra this week as well. Um, and we had some big announcements this week for sure. A lot of, a lot of big announcements. Uh, now, DBN, last week we came onto the show you weren't having a great week, but by the end of the show, you were having a better week. Uh, I, I had a great time. Okay, yeah, we had yeah. a great time last week. So, how how was your week this week? Was it a little bit better this week? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was uh, about five. I mean, sure, better. Yeah, better. Had a long weekend. Nice. We'll say it's better. Yes. We'll, we'll land on better. Uh, but I'm not ready to call it yet because I still got two more days. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't want to have, you know, knock on wood, right? Like <laughs> lots of opportunities for a hot mess. Lots right, of opportunities. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, just forward them to Laserjitian's uh, address. Mm -hmm. uh, Send those hot messages straight to him. I will be, I will be your hot mess receptacle. I will sort them all out in alphabetical order. Um, Thank you. Subcategorized yes. by color. It'll be great. Perfect. Perfect. Type A heavy admin administrative type laser is, you know. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> Organizing anything. Come on. Yeah, uh, or just organization. <laughs> so, Laser, you got a chance to play some Legends of Runeterra this week. What have you been messing around with? Yeah, when I wasn't elbow deep in a massive hole that is Divinity Original Sin 2, because that game is incredible. Oh. Um, mostly jamming some more uh, Demacia Bannerman deck is super super fun it's really like it's really my play style right um i really love those like, I, I call them stompy decks because that's I, I think it's the most fun name for the archetype um curve out mid-range also applies but i really just love playing big old butts on curve every turn and then hoping when i throw my big butts at your face you die mm -hmm. and bannerman is just a really great way to do that and uh yeah i've been I've been jamming some games with that got some climbing in still don't play a ton of ranks just because like I don't know. I, I burned out on ranked in a couple other games. Like I burned out on ranked on Mythgard and Test Legends back in uh, 2019. So I'm trying really hard to avoid going too hard on ranked in Runeterra so I can avoid burning out. Um, but I got up a couple divisions just without really doing anything special. So yeah, it's been a it's been a good week. Nice. Yeah, I got burnt out this week on the ladder. I've been in gold and sort of middling back and forth. You know. Uh, you know, I, I would play uh, something controlly or whatever and get run over by discard. So I'd be like, okay, I'm going to play something a little bit more mid-rangey, and then I would play against only control decks. So, uh, so yeah, so that has not been – that was hard for me. So I, I made the rotation, and I started playing with – what's the name of the deck that I'm playing, Blazer? What's the one with the, the chick that discards the spells and does the things? Oh, Karina Control. Karina Control. That's what it is, Karina Control. So that's what I've been messing around with, which we were going to talk about this week, but we likely will never get to. Um, but Karina Control is what I was playing with and really have loved it. Have had a lot of fun with Karina Control. But then I also, through talking with Silverfuse, found that there is kind of like an Ezreal Karma deck that's ruining the game right now. And up oh, the ladder. My favorite. I love it so much. <laughs> so I started messing around with Ezreal Karma. And as it turns out, when it goes off and you double cast like three burst spells and just destroy your opponent with your leveled up Ezreal, it does feel pretty good. And it does get run over by discard, like Jinx, Draven, Aggro. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's it's kind of like a coin toss, depending on where you are on the ladder, which 
maybe doesn't make the game feel fantastic. Um, but uh, I was just like, you know what? I think I'm just done with Ladder World for a little while. And I've just been playing casual games. And, uh, and just feeling super rewarded by, you know, opening the chests and unlocking the stuff. And, you know, there's a huge draw to card games for me that is just collecting cards. Like, oh, yeah. just having them and looking at them in my collection. I love the people, like, the really competitive players. But I am a collector in many ways with digital card games. Like, I like just to have them. I get excited to make them and to craft them or to open them and and to just look at them in my collection. I like having a big collection. And so there's a... I don't know. There's like a little thing that gets released in my brain that says, this is really cool. Every time I collect a new card that I did not have before. And so uh, that's definitely been happening a lot in this game where I'm just like, I just want to go on every day, get my three or four wins, finish my quest, see the bars go up, open a chest, collect the, something. The give me grabby hands going on. Yeah, yeah, I like collecting stuff. I love that I'm gonna have a full collection in this in this game before too long, and and that's great. And I love that I'm just super lucky. So that's also nice. Uh, this week in my weekly vault, two of my chests got upgraded to the higher level chest, which I did not even know was possible. So I walked away nice. with a Shen and a Champion wild card. So I'll also take that. And we all know DBN that your chest opening this week, your vault, probably had no champions in it at all. No, no. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean the guaranteed champion. Yes, sure. You know, which so is great. What were you uh, playing in? Certainly Legends? not a random. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Um, so the main thing that I messed with this week, I actually, uh, I made a YouTube video. Oh on, yeah. Um, which was fun. Um, the main thing I wanted to mess with was ephemeral. because uh, like we, that was kind of the first thing that I know you sort of touched on when we first started. Runeterra and we had our first episode as I was messing with Braum and Vlad, but you were kind of immediately going to the Hecarim Zed ephemeral shenanigans. And so I decided to revisit that this week a little bit and I made a shark chariot infused uh, ephemeral fest. It actually has been performing very, very, very well for me. Um, I think Deathmark is an obscenely strong card especially when you pair it obviously with dark water scourge the three mana five five with lifesteal yes uh, which just gives you the ability to survive a fast aggro deck because i think that it does like the ephemeral by nature the fact that you're not able to build a board you can't really play aggressively you have to play mid-rangey um or controlly i suppose but i was typically building i prefer to build it more mid-rangey but um and I like the the fact that you can't build that board is tough, but the other cool thing is running that one mana four three ephemeral, and I run two copies of it. It's out of Ionia Shadow something, Shadow Fiend or something like that. Shadow yeah. Shadow, uh, something shadowy. But yeah, Shadow it's Shadow. an Ionia one mana four three with ephemeral, and when you pair that with Deathmark, what you're getting is a four mana four three body that sticks. And kill anything on the board. Not uh, bad. No. Not bad. <laughs> not bad. Uh, not bad. So I run two copies of that one mana, 4-3. And between that and Dark Water Scourge, I always have enough targets that I'm excited to use Deathmark on. But even so, Zed, Hecarim, you know, you, you have enough Shark Chariot. Sometimes you just need to kill something. The Shark Chariot does the trick. Uh, it's very, very impressive. Um, the fact, And there's no real great way to counter ephemeral um 
putting ephemeral on something. So yeah, very swingy when you get those death marks. When you don't get the death marks, sometimes it can be a little bit harder uh, to kind of flip the game back over into your favor. But the deck's great, in my opinion. More importantly, it's fun. Uh, <laughs> and it is cool to get that uh, extra strong Hecarim uh, when he levels up to give the plus three now to all the ephemerals. Uh, and I sometimes find between Hecarim and Zed and the Shark Chariots, I, I actually don't have a big enough attacking lane. <laughs> I run yeah. out of space oh, to yeah. summon my Ephemerals, which is a blast. So uh, you can check that out. But I also played a little bit of Catastrophe, and I actually have a uh, video on Catastrophe I'm going to upload a little bit later. It was a very fun game. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, so that'll be up by the time it rolls around to Friday. Oh, Not nice. to just plug my stuff, really, because it's not that interesting. There's way better YouTubers than me disagree uh, it's awesome we are i have well, great things you. in the chat about it uh but it is uh it that is if i make a video it's because i'm playing a deck frequently i'm not going to go out of my way to make a video about a deck i'm not playing <laughs> sure so yeah those are the two i've been i've been enjoying nice well you know what in the very beginning of this game when it first came out in open beta you were big on the three mana five five with the death mark you were like skip turn one skip turn two drop him death mark and i was like nah i don't think that's very good and no one was playing it and then all of a sudden it it exploded onto the scene and i have seen a tremendous amount of the three mana five five lifesteal uh in combination with death mark and it is very difficult to combat really the only thing that you can do is deny it or find a way to kill your own creature i mean if you have a way to kill their the the the, the five five like you can do that as well but typically you're it's happening so early in the game that you like okay i guess i'm arcane shotting my own lucian here or my own zed so that you mm -hmm. can't use your five five and keep it alive like at least my thing dies, but so does yours. It it puts you in yeah. a bit of a predicament that other cards don't quite do. Because if you're not playing with ephemerals, then you do not benefit at all from your cards becoming ephemeral, right? Yeah, um, that's the thing. Like if you want to, if you're playing ephemerals, it's fine. It will make myself ephemeral. I can use that. Um, but if you're not playing ephemerals, you do not want your cards to become that. No, that I mean that is Do strictly that bad. No, <laughs> no, that's a bad keyword. Bad keyword. You don't like it unless you're but synergized I, with it, right? So right, right. But I mean, like the thing is, is like Dark Water Scourge. I mean, it's it's intended for that synergy. I think. I think it is explicitly like that had to have been with Deathmark. They're like, well, what is the best thing people could keep back with Deathmark? Dark Water Scourge. Um, and I think that's intentional, but I will say the thing about that is, and the reason, like, I, I don't think it's ever going to be a design concern. Now, if they printed another card like Darkwater Scourge, uh, then we'd start to see that redundancy that can make, and that's exactly why I have the one mana four, three, just for redundancy and sure. having a beefier ephemeral that I can pair with Deathmark uh, to make it mana, relatively mana efficient. I mean, would you like playing a six mana five, five with lifesteal? isn't bad and that's basically what dark water scourge and death mark is right plus you get to kill something mm -hmm. like a, a, a six mana five five that says a six mana five five lifesteal says kill anything is pretty good right but but it's a two card combo and so as soon as you start getting redundancy there where you have too many cards that pair with death mark in that way then i think it becomes a problem but until then you know it'll high roll sometimes but you do have to put those cards together in your hand mm -hmm. yeah sure Sure. Yeah, it takes two cards, which is a big thing in a card game. 
Well, everything being wrapped I mean, up that... on one card versus it being two cards is a big thing. Uh, you can't overlook that, but it mm -hmm. is it is a powerful combo, and it's cool. It, it's cool to make it happen. I think it's not cool when it happens to us. You know what else is cool? A week where Riot unveils new cards for us to talk about. Absolutely. Cool. Yes. What's uncool is a week when Riot also does that when they release a new game and kills all their servers and nothing works. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, looking at you, Val, what's the name of their new game? Variant? Valorant. Valorant. Val I don't. That is a mouthful, in my opinion. Valorant. It doesn't feel like it flows. Also, okay, time out. Um, have you guys been checking that game out? No. Yeah, it's, it's CS:GO with like special yeah. grenades. Yeah, it's like CS:GO with a different with like it's it's like CS:GO with an updated uh Team Fortress 2 graphic style. Yeah, it's a different graphic style and a slightly smoother engine. Yeah. It's newer. Yeah. Like I don't know. I I I mean I I don't get. I mean, I didn't play CS:GO, so I guess I wouldn't get it. But like I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> well, people are it's, it's just raving about it. Raving about it. But you're yeah, right. I've seen that too. Like I like clearly people like it. Oh yeah. But I I'm trying to watch and understand what makes it cool, and I'm not picking it up. I don't get shooters, so like yeah. I'm, I'm on the same. Well, what boat. now? But you like Overwatch? Do you not no, consider that a shooter? My girlfriend likes Overwatch. Oh, I thought you liked Overwatch. I haven't played Overwatch since like the first couple of months it released. Ah, uh, okay, fair enough. Fair I'm enough. literally now, I do so like bad at shooters, like so bad. I, I'm, did you see my <laughs> me streaming Doom a couple weeks ago? It was ugly. Oh my lord! <laughs> <laughs> now is it on your YouTube? No, it sh it will be soon. But I, oh, I just, now I I, I really want to see that. <laughs> like I, I think it's still I think the replay is still on my channel. If you go. I, I would 100% watch Laser play Doom. All right, you know <laughs> what? I'll do it. I'll do it again. I'll do it again this weekend. It'll be great. Yes. Nice. Oh my gosh, you need to message me when you do. I, that Deal. would be hilarious. Yeah, it was just me and. You remember Bones? It was just me and yeah, him yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting and chatting while I played Doom poorly. It was great. <laughs> to channel my inner that sounds like a good time. To channel my inner boomer dad. When I play a shooter, it is kind of like when I made my dad play uh golden eye on the n64 as a kid and he just spun around in circles and shot at the roof of the pyramid yeah. level um and that's basically me in shooters i am just not fantastic at it not fantastic so i will not be playing that game but you're right there are some cards so let's go ahead and jump on over to the news let's boogie okay so in the news there was a bunch of stuff that got announced this week in fact really really fantastic stuff if you're an lor and an lor player it was a great week for you so first off in the news the game is coming out formally it's going to be released we're coming out of open beta and it is going to be an official game and it is coming out on mobile as well in the app store and in the google play store and i'm sure the android store and whatever other type of store your t-mobile phone has um, and when it comes out, you're gonna be able to play it starting on April 30th. Now, two days before that, I'm like 90% sure on this information. Two days, I know the April 30th, but two days before that, I believe on April 28th, we're getting a new set of cards as well, which is going to be an entirely new region with five new champions, and then one new champion for each of the six existing regions, 
one of which we're talking about tonight, the Demacia champion. So we are getting 11 new champions. We are getting, I think, 120 new cards that is coming out with an entirely new area of the map, an entirely new faction that you're going to be able to play. We're getting it on mobile. We're getting it in full release. And I know that if you were a beta player, you're also getting some additional cool Poro um, that you can use as like your little uh, friend, your little legend friend um, thing as well. So that's all really cool. That's all great stuff. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I was surprised. I did not think that we were getting the game that early. I expected not to see the formal release of the game until June. I'm just here for the Poro. That's just all you really all I need. Just here for the Poro. Yeah. yeah hold on, I got the the mobiles, the mobile coming out is what surprised me. I got my Poro that I got at the LCS finals oh yeah, when gosh, they were here in Boston. His name is Albus. He's a good boy. Oh, you got your Aww. own Poro right here. Look, look at it. Look, it's got it's got like big old fuzzy eyebrows. So you reminded me of Dumbledore. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. Okay. The Poro Dumbledore Albus. Okay. Love that. Like it. Like it. Yeah. Um, DBN, I will acknowledge that too. I didn't really expect us to get it on mobile at the same time that the game was formally releasing. I kind of thought that that was going to come out a little bit later. Um, so I with with as many resources as Riot has, they can kind of just throw money at software developers until they have enough to get whatever they want done at the time they want it. So I would be very, very not surprised if they were developing the, they developed the the desktop version with the like system of the game, with like the core mechanics. And as soon as the, the like basis was nailed down, they started doing the engine and everything in mobile as well. So I bet you they were from the very beginning designed to be on both platforms at the same time. So, yeah, this wasn't something where they got into open beta and they were like, okay, guys, we got to start working on a mobile app. You think that, like, <laughs> yeah, like no. before we even knew this game existed and we knew its name, before closed beta. was probably already done on mobile. Yeah, they were already working on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And they're probably trying to use the beta time to sort of work out kinks and cards and stuff before they put it out on mobile for a wider audience. I remember the, the very first time I opened the game, I thought this is going to make, like they don't need, need to change the interface on mobile. It will work with this same interface just scaled down. And I think that's kind of impressive, right? Because that's not an easy thing to do to make it scale to all of those sizes and make it still engaging in both. It's like, I'm sure we've all played games where they, it's clearly a mobile game, but they have a PC port as well. Mm. And it kind of sucks. It's clunky. The space isn't used very well. And they like, Riot did a really good job of designing an interface that works for all sorts of different screens. And I, I, I'm really impressed by that. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. I, I literally cannot wait because most of my card game playing, this is the first card game that I've played predominantly on a computer. Like, I've always played mobile and not on my phone. I have an iPad. I think I have, a, I don't know, whatever the iPad the the it's a it's a not the it's not the really big one but it's a nice one right like it's pretty powerful and that's the one that i use to power all of my card games and that's typically what i play on and so you know i've been really hurting not have i mean anytime i climbed significantly in any card game it's always been because i just had more time on the couch with my with my tablet you know 
So mm-hmm. I'm personally really looking forward to it because I know that I will get way more time in on this game once it's on mobile than what I get right now. There's just so many more times in my life personally with how my life is that I can't come downstairs to the studio and get and boot up the PC and start playing. It's a lot easier. I can sit on the couch and my daughter can lay there with me and she can watch any assortment of awful awful youtube content that she wants and i can play a couple games of lor which is not something that i can do right now and you know i have to play it in the basement and so i'm i'm excited about that because that will mean i can play this game way more often and i think a lot of people are in that position too right like it always surprises me how large of a swath of the player base is on mobile for any given game yeah a huge a huge amount of people I mean, I think TFT had to have seen a big increase in the number of people playing once it came out on mobile. I bet, yeah. I have to believe that it did. And their mobile implementation isn't even that great. Like, it is almost impossible to play on a phone because your fingers are so fat to use it. I don't like auto-battlers on mobile. Yeah. No. I wouldn't have minded them on a tablet if they used the full tablet but you pull up the tablet and the screen shrinks down and all around it is black boxes and it's still the same size as my phone. So they didn't optimize it for the tablet. It's just the same size as the biggest iPhone that's out there, except it's on the middle of my tablet screen. So it didn't make it any better. I would love TFT on my tablet. On my phone, it's trash. I think the card games are just, they're much better on, I don't know, card games are much better on the on mobile than what a lot of games are which i think is why there's so many people who play card games mobily i would agree with that yeah and the games are relatively short too so you can play it on the commute or you can play it when you're on a bathroom break or you can play it on a smoke break or you can play a game (laughs) like there's so many opportunities that you can just open it up and be like you know what i'm just gonna play a game versus a lot of other games that are going to take a lot more time. So I think the mobile will be an enormous boon for this game. I do too. And you know what else is going to be a big boon is new cards. New cards always help a ton. Yes, yes, yes. And we have some new cards. Would you guys like to get into a discussion about the new cards that we have? Nah. Nah, nah, just oh, pass. Okay, now nah, let's do it. We'll just we'll just end the podcast here. It's yeah, this is uh, it. thanks for coming on, Laser. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Catch we'll, us next. We'll week. see you next time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bye. Well, real quick. So we are getting a new area, a new faction, but we ha- we don't know what it is yet. Do you know? You guys have a guess? I think we all. It's got to be Bilgewater. Yeah. Yeah. This is a that is such a loaded question. If we said anything but Bilgewater, we'd just be wrong. <laughs> uh, Bilgewater <laughs> so, is so also, flavorful. I love it. I also don't know any of the other regions, factions, whatever. So, so I wouldn't even be able to help. <laughs> there's Bilgewater. There's Sharima, the desert area. Oh, there's cool. what type of the, champions are in Sharima? A lot of the like Egyptian flavored ones, like Zareth is there, Azir is there. They retconned Skarner to be in there. They retcon Ramus to be in there. Um, Renekton is there. So there's Nasus is there. there. There's a lot in Sharima. Okay, nice. Uh, Siver actually, I think technically is in. Oh yeah, yeah. Siver would be there too. Yeah, sure. There's the the jungle that they can canonicalized with Kiana's release in League, um, but I don't know if there's any champs other than Kiana that are related to it. Would like Warwick be in there? No, Warwick I think is actually built over in Zon because really, 
Yeah, because that's where Singed was doing experiments on people that turned a person into Warwick. Oh, hmm. listen, local lore. I've played lore a lot of League. I think I really don't think you guys understand how much League I've played in my life. Oh man, so Razorgician official lore master, dude, yeah. dude. Bring me on for the show full time for Lasers Lore Corner. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, I actually Dude, love that. I'm idea. not against that at all. We we got a conversation to have off a of stream about that. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll we will. We'll 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 talk. Lasers Lore Corner. Yes. Okay. That's, well, and it just flows. It just rolls off the see, tongue. This is why I'm a play-by-play caster, right? Because uh, I got these like these these snappy little one-liners. He's it's alliteration, man. You can inject alliteration into anything, and it gets better. Yes. Oh my goodness. Lasers lore corner. Lore it, it, it's corner. like it's slant rhyming too. Wow. Look at wow. that. Perfect. Okay, wow. Perfect. Well, okay. So we think it's Bilgewater for almost for sure. We think, I mean, Gangplank, right? We're going to get Gangplank. We're going to get, we're probably going to get Fizz. So, like, so it's, it's probably Nautilus. Gangplank, right? He's the easiest one to like do something with. All you, So his, his entire thing in League is you get extra money for killing stuff. So, all you gotta do in, in Legends of Runeterra is make him a ramp champion. You just say if you like whenever he destroys another follower, another whatever it's called, whatever it's called in this game. Because I don't know if it's yeah, minions yeah, yeah. or creatures minions or whatever. Creature, yeah. um, whenever you kill a thing, gain one mana this turn. Boom, and then level up is like you can do his cannon barrage or some shit. I don't know, but like the design space for Gangplank is so wide open. There's so many interesting things you could do with Gangplank that I'd be baffled if it wasn't him. And then right after that, it's got to be Tom Kench, right? Like, oh, yes. You, you have, you just give him support. Your ally can't go below one health this turn. And then, and then you evolve him to, and he has regenerate and you level him up and you're done. Whoa. Ryan, hire me, damn it. <laughs> he's got the, he's got the cards ready for you. He's got the cards ready for you. So we're definitely going to be getting some, we think, Bilgewater champs. And we are getting a new champ for each region. And this week, we are probably later this week we're probably going to be getting our frail yard champion which the rumor in the pipeline right now is that it's probably sinjuani um which i'm personally excited about because i love sinjuani um mm -hmm. but we got the demacia champion but before we got to the demacia champion we did get a slew of other demacia cards and a new demacia keyword so let's just jump in and take a look at these i think probably the best thing to do is to talk about the keyword first because we do have several cards with the keyword it's better if we understand it so the new keyword is called scout scout and basically what the scout keyword is is if on your first attack each round you attack with only scout creatures only scout you immediately basically rally right so you can immediately get another attack token so you're able to attack twice in a round if your first attack is only with creatures with scout so and interestingly when you say attack only with scout cards this is not like a creature tag like elites are this is an actual keyword that is printed on the card which is an important difference yeah like uh like overwhelm or yep. um yeah or barrier or something this is an actual an actual keyword on the card called scout so i'm curious to know what either of your first impressions are we saw a little bit of the gameplay of scout we obviously don't know all the cards that are going to have it probably we probably have a couple more that will get the scout ability on them but i'm curious to know kind of like what your thoughts are about scout in general dbn how about you do you have some thoughts about scout as a mechanic 
um frankly it it gets a little tough to analyze um because of the level of options like that you have to pair it with um and i don't know if there's going to be more scouts coming out i mean i'm inclined to argue that if this if these what five cards four cards uh with scout are the only ones we get then i'm inclined to say that it's not going to be a particularly strong archetype because of the ability to rally when you're only swinging with on average one maybe two characters won't be as good but um i think if the more scout cards come out the more things have that uh keyword or if there's ways to give that keyword to things then it starts to get pretty interesting especially when you look at like um the fact that it's in demacia which has a lot of good buffs so if somebody tries to challenge the scouts um you can buff them out of that range bring them back to the board win the trade and then swing with something else um i think that there's definitely options there i mean i'm thinking like um because there's nothing saying you can't swing with the scout a second time, can you? No, you can you can attack with them a second time. So I time. could just bring out a scout, stand alone it for plus three, plus three, swing with it, swing with it again. I mean, that can be pretty hard for decks to answer um, and just kind of help you submit a board position, which Demacia tends to, or it seems like Demacia usually does pretty well uh, post, you know, securing the board. They can keep a board advantage. You know, um, they've got a lot of excellent top end characters. Um, you know, you've got Scythria, which is just absolutely disgusting. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess the thing I will say, though, is that and I kind of brought this up with you guys earlier. The problem with Scout or maybe not the problem, maybe the balancing factor with Scout, which otherwise I feel would be a concern, is the fact that um, you're limited by your bench space. You can only have six characters. Um, and so, you know, if you have five scouts, you might as well just be saying, I can attack twice, make all your trades now. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and and so like, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm tentative about declaring it particularly, you know, broken or strong or even strong. I'm, I'm, I'm reluctant to say that it's strong. I mean, ultimately, uh, scouts are just as vulnerable to board clears and you know single target removals anything else um and just what are you giving up by including a scout package that's what's going to be the deciding factor i think how well will it mesh with another you know grouping like say elites or spells or whatever um i can see it being potentially pretty good with uh stuff like a lot of quick attack minions or being able to give quick attack you know there's that one cost card that gives quick attack mm-hmm. you know i can see that being pretty darn good um on a know, scout with, card yeah on a scout card giving quick attack to a scout uh and then just having a board where like as you're attacking you would get to attack twice they have to defend at some point or they're gonna lose you know and so then you're getting these trades where your creatures aren't getting traded back into so i can see like pairings where it would be good but I, like identifying you know a whole new mechanic like this and where it's going to land is just impossible to decide i mean someone will get it right uh but i there's you know but everyone else will pretty much know. get it wrong <laughs> right you you just won't know but i do think it's really interesting uh and i think it'll be neat to see. i think you know and laser kind of touched on this i'm not going to steal his thunder but i think quinn is a really coolly designed card i think that's a really neat card um and i'm gonna i'll just throw it to laser who can 
say that what he said earlier, but I thought it was a good yeah. estimation. Yeah, of it. sweet. Let's 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 start off with Quinn then. If we're so that's the keyword scout. That's the new okay. novel. Yeah, so novel do mechanic. You, be, are, are you going to talk about well, what think, you think about Scout in addition to talking about Quinn at the same time? Sure. You want to talk about yeah, in sure. conjunction I can, with? I can, I can talk about Scout for a second. Well, because I think they're they're worth mentioning together here and like how Quinn contributes to because you're not going to play scouts without Quinn I don't feel like no Quinn Quinn is a scout payoff so Mm -hmm. this is this is a a concept that I've wanted to make a video on or an article on for a long time Um, deck archetypes are usually consist of like three different pieces you have your staples for whatever like deck you're playing for instance if you're playing a slow shadow isles deck you'll always have vengeance in there like you're you're just always going to play it Mm -hmm. um and then you have more archetype-specific things, and those are generally either enablers, which are things that set up engines, um, things that can not directly win you the game, but that it helps support your general plan. Um, this is things like your bannermen. Your bannermen don't really matter unless you have big, chunky things to buff, but they turn your big, chunky things to bigger, chunkier things, which you can then use to win the game. So that's your, that's your enablement. And then you have payoffs. So your payoff cards are things that get a substantial advantage because you used your support enablement cards. Quinn, for scout decks, is a payoff. All of the other scouts that you use are enabling a way to get extra combats, and the the payoff you get is extra combats. Um, But Quinn is directly paying off from extra combats. So what does Quinn do? That's kind of important. Quinn... Uh, if I can pull it up on my my sure. screen. Look, I'll go over it's, it real quick. It's a five yeah. mana, three, four scout that says when I'm summoned, summon Valor. And Valor is a two, one with scout and challenger. And then when I've seen you attack four times, level up. So there's a really interesting, uh, noteworthy thing in how Quinn's level up effect is worded. It says when I've seen you attack four times. We have seen when I strike certain times, like with Garen, we've seen um, when X amount of types of creatures attack. So we've seen like a Zed effectively, not literally, but effectively says when me and my shadows have attacked X amount of times. Mm-hmm. Um, Quinn specifically says, I don't care who's doing the attacking. All I care is that it came from your bench. So that's, a, that's an important little distinction there. The reason I really like the design on Quinn is because she is a payoff for the mechanic that she is a part of. Because if with scout attacking, you can get two attacks per turn, which means usually a card that didn't have scout would say, if I see you attack four times, that means you attack over the course of four turns. Yes. The scout means I see you attack twice for two turns, or twice and then once and then once. You can spread it out however you want. It's not that important. But the scout mechanic of attacking multiple times in a turn and the mechanic of Quinn wanting to see multiple attack phases is a really interesting design because it's two mechanics on one card that are built to work together very, very importantly and very interconnectedly. So this is nothing to do with whether it's a strong card or whether I think it is going to see a lot of play. I just want to commend the design of Quinn really quickly because I think that cards that synergize with themselves are always really nice to see elegant design. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to share kind of like my initial thought when I saw Scout, because I was like, okay, will this be good? Is there a time that I really want to be attacking? And then I thought about so many situations when I'm playing LOR. I pass, they pass, 
it flips to me. I'm on the attack. I have about five mana. They have about five mana. I'm like, okay, if I spend my five mana right now, then I have nothing to react to what they are going to do. I don't want that to happen. However, if I attack right now, then I can't get my creature in my hand on the board to attack with it because my attack phase is going to be ruined. So here is what's really interesting. Scout allows you to attack on your turn when you don't want to act first. And it doesn't get Do you rid know what of that your attack action. What that effectively says is you're turning your minions, your scout allies on board into removal spells. Yes, yeah. In 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 many cases, that's what it will turn into. I just like that because there's I just think like there's so many times that I'm kind of in that anxious moment of like, do I attack right now? Because I well, I, I really don't want them to develop. I really don't want them to be able to react. And now I can say, you know what? Here's my scouts. I'm gonna open attack you. Now it's your turn. Are you gonna push the pass button and risk me pushing the pass button and develop nothing? I'm putting because there's so often in this game where you want to react. You don't necessarily want to be the proactive player in specific situations. And this allows you to say, I don't have to be. I can attack with a scout and pass my turn without running the risk of the round ending and me not being able to do what I want to do. And I love that about scout. I think that's really cool and something I'm definitely going to play around with because I have gotten in situations before where I passed hoping that they wouldn't pass. And they're just kind of like, yeah, I'll pass. You missed your attack. You missed your turn with mana. Now it's my turn to take initiative. And I'm like, shucks, I, I did that wrong. Um, maybe that's maybe that's naive of me, or maybe um, that isn't no. exactly how I will play out. But I well, think what, that will be helpful. What you're describing is yeah. an aggressive, reactive deck. Mm -hmm. And and that's not something that's easy to do in a lot of card games. Um, usually, your your aggressive decks are proactive, and your controlling decks are reactive. Um, but across a lot a lot of games, aggressive but reactive decks are insanely powerful. Like in in Magic's oldest formats, like Legacy and Vintage, some of the strongest decks, Delver of Secrets decks, are aggressive reactive decks, and that's something that Legends of Runeterra doesn't really have right now because of that exact phenomenon you were just saying. And I, I don't think Scout is enough to get there, but it's it's a step in that direction in, the, in that design space, which is kind of cool. DBN, your face is saying it's not quite that simple, and I agree. Okay, yeah, well, uh, no, Mark, Mark brought up probably the best point so far, in my opinion, uh, which is that it breaks up the action economy. So, like, when you look at um like when you look at a game like this uh which we talked about actually last week when it came to how it pertains to casting but we we didn't really talk about how it pertains to the game mechanics um this is a i act you act i act you act it's a passing but you have action windows right as opposed to when it's all on my turn i play whatever i want whatever order i want when you know and i can take time in between and my opponent you know with exception of like instance and magic and whatever you know, can't really mess with that and disrupt that. Um, but obviously, that's not the case. This is a back and forth action window, and this in an interesting situation actually comes up <clears throat> in Legend of the Five Rings, which also has a back and forth action window. And I play a lot of that, and it's gotten to the point where exactly what Mark is describing, which is you you start doing burner actions, is what we call them, burner actions, which is. We don't want to be that. We know they need to do something, right? Um, 
and they want to do something, but we know we also have to do something too, but we don't want to tip our hand, right? Mm -hmm. And so instead of doing, instead of just playing that card that might they might have a cancel for, uh, or, oh, I played this, they're immediately going to undo it with the card that you're worried that they have, you start doing little ticky-tacky actions to take up your action window, things that normally it doesn't matter when you do it. It just matters that eventually at some point you do it, right? So for instance, there'll be an action on one of your cards that will say, destroy this, draw a card. It doesn't matter when in the entire game state you do it. So a lot of times I, and I kind of in my play group, I'm not the only person to ever have done this in the history of the game, but I was the one who figured this out in my play group. A lot of people would just instantly burn this card, you know, blow this card up, draw a card. But instead I would start holding it um, because it's not likely to get disrupted. I start holding it until I get into a battle and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I think they're going to play this card uh, to bring their army strength above mine, right? But I know that I need to get this other card in at some point during the battle, but I don't want to do it now and sh tip my hand and show them that this was what this whole thing was about. So instead, now I'm going to use my little, you know, storehouse and blow it up and draw a card to basically flip the, you know, the, the priority over to them. And, and then if they pass too, then I get more information saying, okay, I thought that they, you know, that they were going to play this card that they didn't play it. I'm safe. Now I'm going to make my action, my actual action. It's an information game just as much as it is, you know, getting that first attack in. So that's, what's really fascinating about the scout thing that Mark brought up now. However, I want to poke a slight hole in it, sure. which is that it only works with scout creatures. Yeah. And that's the rub of it. Right. Right. And so like a lot of times you'll have this board. Oh, my opponent only has one big creature and I got four creatures. I'm going to swing with everything and get all this chip damage in. Right. The problem is if you have four creatures, but only one of them is a scout and that scouts weaker than the creature that it's going to trade with. You're not going to do that, mm. you know, um, unless, and this is the, the reverse cool part, unless you have a combat trick scouts are going to be very very strong with combat tricks barriers defensive buffs um things that can say my opponent doesn't want me to have scouts scouts are clearly if you build your deck correctly and then the way that i think people are going to do it scouts are going to enable you to snowball a board the problem is yes. the problem is they're going to kill your scouts. They're going to, you know, scouts become a high priority target, which is two things. One is a deck builder. It means it'll take a little bit of pressure off of your other high priority targets. Mm -hmm. Okay. How many times in Tassel will we talk about putting down, um, you know, okay, I'm I like, I mean, I, this is, I'm not going to get into details, but a lot of times in Tassel, I would look at my hand and say, okay, I have this Torval extortionist that I really want to play rage with for this hilarious interaction to get a million mana. Right. The problem is they're totally going to javelin it. They're totally going to use their removal on it. So instead, I need to basically throw a, you know, a token character down that is also, from the perspective of my opponent who doesn't understand my game plan or my hand, high priority, and they're going to kill that first. Mm -hmm. So in a, in a deck like with scouts, they're going to know based on the mechanic that I cannot let scouts sit around on the board forever. I'm going to need to have things trade with them, or I'm going to have to kill them with vengeance or culling strike or whatever. Um, and that actually in a unique and interesting way, in the same way that honestly, Fiora will sometimes just get shoved into random Demacia decks where you don't aren't planning to win with her, that she's just kind of a bonus. 
she just draws all of that removal away from the things that you actually want to stick around. Sure. And in that way, I think that's going to be like one of the secret powers of Scout. Uh, even if you don't always get to break up that action economy, like Mark was talking about, you'll just sometimes be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely really interesting. And uh, uh, Laser, I'm going to take it back over to you, but I'm going to go over the evolved or the leveled up version of Quinn real quick. So the leveled up version of Quinn is still a five mana, moves from a three, four, now is a four, five, still has scout, but it says attack, summon valor, challenging the strongest enemy. So now every time you attack with Quinn, you are summoning a two, one, with scout and challenger that is challenging the most powerful enemy laser is that is that a good thing or a bad thing are you kidding me that's great that's so good like so okay here's the thing it depends on the archetype you're playing right so i see i see scout going in a couple ways one it's going in hyper aggro you're doing all of the scouts you possibly can and just trying to get extra combat steps. You're doing extra combat step tribal. In that case, Valor is th this uh, leveled up Quinn is, is amazing because it's making it really hard for your opponent to get efficient blocks. Second place you're doing it is in board snowball. A little bit more mid-rangey, but kind of like DBN was talking about, this lets you build a board and then build a, a bigger board on top of the board that you're forcing your opponent to interact with twice in one turn. There, Valor is also super good because you're getting this little chip damage in on the thing that you can't really deal with because most of the scouts I'm assuming are going to be slightly understated. Could be wrong, mm -hmm. but that's my, my intuition. Mm -hmm. um, in which case, this is great because you're getting the thing you can't deal with out of the way. The third archetype I could maybe, maybe, probably not, but maybe see scout going in is a really, really, really grindy deck where you're trying to just eke out like one point of damage more than your opponent could handle every time, and you're just trying to eke out really incremental advantages over the course of lots of combat steps. In that case, Valor's really good too, because you're getting just like two damage, two damage, two damage onto something nice and big. And that's also not uh, to say the fact that in all of these scenarios, you're able to sneak more damage through because you're creating an extra body that your opponent is forced to interact with instead of interacting the way they want to. I think this is a really, really cool design. It's basically just saying your strongest minion, whatever it is, doesn't get to do things. There are places it can, it can be a problem. Like say your opponent's biggest thing is like, I don't know, buff to high heavens as a 9-9 nine -nine with lifesteal then suddenly you're just giving them fodder to heal back on. But that's a real edge case and probably isn't that big of a deal most of the time. So I, I think this is probably, if you can get there and the game goes over the course of a couple turns, a very strong effect. So let me ask you about an interaction that I'm a little bit curious about, okay? Let's just say, hypothetically, I am playing Quinn Fiora, okay? So I throw my Fiora down, I have my Quinn down, and I attack with both of them. I, for whatever reason, want to use a combat trick on my Fiora that allows me to kill their most powerful creature. So I put them both in attack, but I haven't clicked the confirm button yet, and I drag the most powerful creature in front of Fiora and make Fiora challenge it. Then I click the attack button, and Quinn summons Valor. At that point, does Valor challenge the next most powerful creature on their board? Does Valor steal the challenge off of Fiora, or does Valor challenge nothing? So the way I understand it 
is that challenge can only be issued to minions on your opponent's bench. So because it has already been challenged by Fiora, it is no longer a legal target for Valor to challenge. So he's not even recognizing would, it. I'd want to test that, but that's how that's my intuition on how hmm. that so he so in the in what you're saying is you think the way this would work would be you would attack you would challenge the biggest thing with fiora valor would come up he would just automatically pull and challenge the second biggest thing on your opponent's bench that's my guess yes yeah i that i think that i think that makes sense but i was kind of curious kind of like how that's going to happen because sometimes i maybe i want to challenge with a specific thing their most powerful creature to get the, and of course most powerful creature is highest attack correct and then the next thing is like who has the most life like if you have two five attack creatures it will be tied off by who has the most life that'll be the most powerful probably i, I think that's i i'm like 99 sure that's how other cards that read most powerful because ash always um flat freezes the most powerful creature whenever she attacks and that is always the one with the highest attack and if there's two with a tight attack it goes to the one with the most health and if there's another tie like two five fives it does it at random you're not sure what it's going to hit so I think I that's think, yeah, probably that's an interesting thing to point out about what happens with with Valor. Um, DBN, do you have any other thoughts on Quinn and especially her leveled up form with Valor? Well, um, well, I kind of touched on this with us earlier when we were kind of pre pre gaming. Um, the thought I had was I'm going to assume that the spell that summons Valor that you get when you get a duplicate copy is also going to enter the game like all of the other, um, you know, Champion like Heimerdinger spells. has progress day and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and if that's the case, I actually think that the spell that she has is pretty strong because I was, I was kind of trying to like justify this earlier, but like spells that summon creatures are pretty good because it allows you to put them into like what we used to call in in l5r faceless or semi-faceless um but creatureless or semi-creatureless decks um that can capitalize off of things like heimerdinger like you actually want a creature like you want to you want to be playing a creature uh but you also want enough spells to make heimerdinger you know fully capitalized so you can put this in if you want it's, it's not necessarily that it, it will find an instant home, but rather it is a really cool option of a spell that, you know, contributes towards, you know, things that want you to play spells, but that also puts a minion on board to block or, in the case of Valor, act as removal because that's basically what anything that has Challenger is. Um, and so I think that the spell, that Qu the champion spell, is pretty darn good and if i would i'm assuming we're gonna see it as a you know as a deck building option you can include it in deck building and if that's the case i mean you actually have a ridiculous a very potent uh grouping of challenger cards in demacia i mean that's one more challenger amongst uh lawrence or Laurent challenger mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. have the bird the hawk the other hawk that's not named valor mm -hmm. you know right uh you've got the the valkyrie looking five drop you know no yeah, 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 yeah. The one that looks like a, a gundam sure yeah I, I don't think i've ever actually looked at the art close up uh yeah. <laughs> but i it, from from distance it looks like a valkyrie but yep, yeah yep. basically you have a lot a lot of challenges fiora yeah 
If you're, of course, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the more challenger you have, the more concerned I start to get because as we previously talked about, Challenger is actually what takes you back to the Hearthstone and um, Elder Scrolls Legends trade priority uh, where yeah, the attacker it. has – it swaps it. I mean imagine a deck where you can fill you know, 60% of your, of your creature slots with Challengers and pair that with – strong uh creature buffs especially things like with noxus you know brothers bond of brothers or whatever or if you're running standalone and you're getting one big challenger or oh i'm going wide let's get back to back in here you know i mean i can just see a world in which you know the the redundancy and i'm gonna i say that word a lot i feel like but i think it's one of the most important things to recognize about card game theory in general like in card games redundancy is extremely exceptionally potent and it can be hard to recognize until it is formed into a meta deck Mm. um and so like when you look at a lot of the elder schools legends decks that were very very you know popular and potent um you would just see similar things where you know you could trade out the numbers on these things but all of those two drops were accomplishing the same things they all had very similar stat lines you know they all were pushing the tempo in a similar way um, and checking similar boxes, uh, especially, you know, it was especially telling actually when you looked at five drops in Elder Scrolls Legends. I found that that was a particularly interesting thing because that's how you would shape um, the trajectory of the mid game. And so you'd look at at ones that would have you know a bunch of five drops that were all exceptionally resilient, um, and you'd say, okay, well I know exactly what this can do. Oh, but then you have the five drops like with cliff racers that which had charge uh, and other things, and like all the five drops would either look like that or they wouldn't be five drops. They'd be something cheaper that also accomplished that goal. So when you have that level of redundancy in any deck, in any synergy or or mechanic, you should always start to look with a critical eye. Or, you know, an inquisitive eye if you think you can exploit it. Mm-hmm. I, I think, so this is, this is a really interesting subject that we could talk about <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Um, but I, I think what it boils down to is you don't want cards in your deck. You want effects in your deck. And the effect can be attacking with a big creature. Like that, that is an effect that a, that a four mana five five can accomplish, right? Mm-hmm. You can also accomplish that with a two mana three three. So two different cards, but the effect that you're getting from those two cards contributes to your game plan in the same way. Yeah, And, and so that's why I think redundancy is really important because de- being able to accomplish your deck's game plan across every card in your deck is super important. If you could play a 30-card deck where every card said win the game, that's what you would do because you would have a 100% <laughs> redundant deck that always won you the game. Mm-hmm. And that's as that's like that's the pinnacle of redundancy, and that's what you're building towards, right? Is well, you, your your game plan mm-hmm. is built to win the game, and you want to put in effects that help you get to the game plan to win the game. Well, and to be clear, just to elaborate on this um, analogy, if you had a deck where uh, one card in the deck said win the game, you might lose the game because sure. you might not find that card that says win the game. But yep. if you start getting five cards in your 30 card deck that say win the game you have you've added redundancy and now if you look at your average card card draw distribution right where you say i'm going to see on average this many cards if you can get that number to look like 
you know, you're going to see a copy of something that achieves that specific job that, that does that job. I mean, really, that's what we're talking about with redundancy, something mm -hmm. that does the same job as something else, a different card. Right. So if you have five in your 35 cards, one in six cards is going to say win the game. Right. In a very similar way. You know, if I have my hawk at, at turn one with Challenger, and I decide I need more of that, and which they're very strong, I have found <laughs> those yes. things are really good. Oh, yeah. uh, if you now have the two drop Valor Summoner and the three drop Fiora, and you're running three copies of all of them, you've a, you've basically said, okay, I have nine cards and a forty card deck, one in slightly less than four cards. I'm going to see a Challenger that I can drop on turns one through three. Right. As opposed sure. to if you only have the six copies, you're looking at something different. If you add Laurent Challenger, you've got 12 copies. I mean, and it's not that you it's necessarily correct to add all of those. It's simply the option to do so and to tinker with the numbers. OK, I don't want, you know, before I had the three Hawks and, and the six three drops with Challenger. But now I can take, you know, those those Laurent Challengers, keep Fiora because Fiora is really good uh, and go and grab the two drop. and that brings the curve down on what i'm trying to do and that's another element of redundancy eventually you have enough things to check the boxes you can start removing the less efficient ones that check those boxes mm -hmm. so just to be really clear because i it, it was revealed there is the spell out it's called it's called blinding assault it is a two mana slow spell it is rare from demacia that just says summon valor so that that spell mm -hmm. does exist it's a two mana spell that's slow that just summons the two one with challenger so it that is a, it is a thing and to tie it all together, the reason that card is really cool is because it accomplishes two jobs, which just means it's, it can function as redundancy for two separate goals in your deck. One, it fuels spell synergies. Mm -hmm. And two, it acts as a challenger creature. So it, it's, it's really, it's a cool card because it has this flexibility and it can slot into different roles is this, is it a equally scout? well. Uh, uh, yes, it is scout also scout and challenger. So yeah. then, so it's a scout, it's a challenger. There we it go. can block. It's a it's, spell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's and, a spell. And sometimes one of the issues with Demacia is you build up spell mana and you don't really have a lot to use on. And this mm -hmm. is saying like, okay, I didn't really have a lot to use my spell mana on. I I collected a few spares. This is my way of developing another creature without developing it from my spell from my actual mana. Um, which is something that Demacia is getting better at, right? Through yeah. this expansion. Well, and actually that. That makes it like what the fourth or fifth Demacia card that summons a creature from a spell. You have that. You have Remembrance. You have the three mana one that summons an elite. Mm -hmm. You have the six mana one that summons, summons an elite. Two, summons two, right? Uh, two elites. Yeah. yeah there, the, the there's one that summons generics. two three threes or whatever. There's one mm -hmm. that summons one through three, and there's one that summons a five cost, which is quick. Uh, someone jam all of those into a deck and tell me how bad it is. Speaking yeah. of, oh, so speaking of, real quickly, um, Okay, well, let's just go to the first card, the first card we we're going to talk about, and we'll go through these ones that aren't champions really quick. But this is interesting because Remembrance summons a five-cost Demacia card, and we got a new five-cost Demacia card, ah. which, which is the uh, the Grathorn champion or companion, which is uh, – wait, does this get summoned off Great of something? Horn. Great Horn. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm looking at really small text here. Um, yeah. Great Horn champion or companion. Wow, Great Horn Companion. It is a five mana, four, five Demacia common with the scout ability. So we've talked about scout. Does this thing come off of something? No, it doesn't, right? You can just nope. play this in your deck. So this is just a card that goes into the remembrance pool now. So you now won't just pull like the five mana, five, five with tough 
the uh the angel that if something died gets toughness and uh and life steal or the five four with um challenger that when it dies gives an elite to your hand right so now you'll also have this which is a four or five with scout that goes into that remembrance pool um which i think is just something to note because that remembrance remembrance was really strong because it wasn't diluted really at all all right so here's where you guys are going to hate me after all I've talked about how Scout is awesome and how it like has all these cool archetypes it could make and all these things, I don't think this card's very good. Just this I think one this card sucks. No, I, well, I, I, yeah, uh, the other ones I have other feelings on. This one, it, it for it being a five drop that doesn't trade particularly well with other five and six drops. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to get multiple combat steps, you need your stuff to survive the first one for it to be meaningful. Otherwise, all you did was open attack. So, I don't. I don't think this card's great. Okay, is this good to get off a of remembrance? Are you happy to get this off a of remembrance? Sure. I think so. Uh, I think if I'm playing a non-scout deck, what was that? Yeah, I mean, if you get this off remembrance, I'm not unhappy because I get it. I'm just like, all right, cool. I guess I'm just going to attack with this and then develop some more. And then when my opponents run out of mana for the turn, I'll attack again. So that's fine, but. Uh, it's it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I give this card a C. C. I like a. I give it like a B minus. It's it's all it's it's okay. It'd be phenomenal in expedition. Sure. C. I'm deciding whether or not to play devil's advocate here, and say that you love it. Hmm. See, I, I tend you to know, take the day nine approach to reviewing cards. They're either amazing or terrible and nowhere in between. There's no <laughs> in between. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. All right. I'll take a stab at this. I like it. In there scout. It is. There's oh no. And and maybe not anywhere else ever. Yep. Actually, I, definitely I not anywhere else ever. It's strictly yeah. a scout card. Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't hate it off remembrance because it'll allow you to do exactly what mark talked about earlier which is say all right i'm just gonna swing with this thing because in a deck where you're playing remembrance you're, you're probably just caring about overall board state and watching out for big sweeper board clears and stuff like that um and so i don't hate oh i pulled this off remembrance i'm gonna swing with it and see if they do anything about it right um so yeah. I, I don't mind it off remembrance but um what I looked at this card and I said, you know, if Scout, Scout, if Scout is strong as a keyword, and if the cards have synergy, the five defense on this card is pretty decent. Like, I would have, I could have seen them printing this as a five mana four four, and I would say I might play it in Scouts, but as a five mana four five i know it's still below average stat distribution but not by much and it has the relevant defensive uh the, the defense isn't the lower stat mm -hmm. and i just think it's gonna be tough to kill in one go i'll tell and you anything... what actually i bet if if the scout deck ends up being a hyper aggro deck then this card's phenomenal because it's it a top will... end threat yeah, exactly, because it's it forces your opponent to block this one instead of your two and three attacks, 
Mm -hmm. instead. They have to block this one, which means your two and three attacks are more likely to survive another round. So if you get your two and your three attack to go through on your first attack, and this dies, and your opponent's thing doesn't die. So they still have one blocker. You can attack the second time. They use that blocker on the three attack. Now you've gotten the two through. So you've gotten a grand total of seven damage through, whereas if you only attacked with this guy, you would have gotten four damage through instead. So maybe it works as a, a blocker magnet, so you can mm -hmm. use it effectively as like a challenger to say you have to block this or you die, but then you die because I can just kill you on the second attack. Maybe it's good there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not I think, thrilled uh, with it, but I'm not. I'm not willing. I'm not willing to give it a poor grade yet. Um, but I'm also not gonna. I'm not gonna move it to the front of my class and. Uh, you know, put their paper up on the board either. So, Aww. yeah. Okay. Well, what about this next one? He's a, uh, he is Green Fang Warden. He is a three mana Demacia common. Um, and he is a three mana tutu with barrier and scout. So the turn you can I go first. Like... Yeah. You want to, you want to say it? Yeah. I love it. This card's I think nuts. it's really, really good. This card's really, so really good. Uh, Look, yeah, it's below, you know, understated, okay? But Barrier is really good, mm -hmm. and it's elite, so it can pair with elite synergies. I didn't I think it's elite. Oh, yeah. yeah. What the hell? Yeah, right? And I was already suggesting that it was that it could be potential to pair elite and scout together because of the ability for elite to snowball boards, yeah. right? Um, wow. So, okay, so, so here's the, here's the thing. Um, with Scout being able to trade, and we were talking about this earlier, Scout is going to be probably pretty good with anything that can protect the Scouts from getting traded into, right? Mm -hmm. On the turn that you play the Green Fang Warden, one, it's a great blocker, okay? You can drop it on, you know, their attack token turn. They swing, you block with the Green Fang Warden like you would with any of the other barrier unit, but we don't see a lot of units printed with barrier. We see a lot of things that give barrier. Right? Um, it's printed with barrier, which means they swing with a giant enter five drop here. You block with the Green Fang Warden. Notably, it does have two attacks, so Fearsome will get around this. But you can chump block with this, absorb all of the damage, turn around, and it's a scout and swing with it too. And they're forced to either block it or let two chip damage through. Secondly, on your attack token, you drop it down. You swing with it as a scout. They, I mean, if they block it, they just it gets absorbed. That makes it also a really great card for you to then drop a surprise, you know, brothers bond, or drop, uh, you know, something else. I also can see this stand alone on three with yeah. three spell mana. This thing gets nuts. A three mana five five barrier and scout. You get to attack twice with it. First time, it's got barrier. If you are, if you are first player, if you have the odd uh attack token mm -hmm. this with standalone is like so good okay so, so, so good and 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 that's that's the like pinnacle case right so that's that's magical fairy christmas land the average case for this is like you you have a second attack you attack on two your opponent plays on three you drop this on turn three open attack with it you attack with just like you don't even have to attack with anything else. Your other mm -hmm. scouts can sit on your board just fine. You're attacking with a two-two with barrier 
for no cost because you just get to attack again. It's a yeah. free extra attack with two for a two-two barrier. That's that's well, really understatedly nuts. Just the ability to absorb, just having barrier printed on a low cost card is good. Yeah. Yes. And you're really accurate yeah. when you say that we have very few cards that have barrier printed on them. Right? The that just only other come card in with that really I can think of that compares is the I think it's a three mana two two three two maybe that gives barrier to something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the bright card is, that. Yeah, and that card's good because it lets you attack basically for free, quote unquote. Again, like we're saying with this, but it means you have to use that before you can attack. So your tempo is stunted because you had to spend your opening move playing a card. That doesn't happen with this card. Well, in this well, case, you still have to use your opening move playing the card, right? Because barrier yeah. goes away at the end the of the turn. Barrier will go away at the end of the turn. So that, you, that, that's true. You that's can't true, drop right. this but, on your opponent's turn and then attack. But with. no, but but bright still protector requires you to have another creature though. Yes, which is like I don't think it, I'm pretty sure it can't target itself. No, no it, it can't. It's another another creature. Right, and I mean, so like, and first off, put the two together, and you got a lot of barrier going on. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, and I mean, that's yeah. This is a great card. Receives buffs well. The scout allows it to really open up the synergy between elites and scouts. I mean, it, it's a great blocker at every stage of the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, this guy will buy you can. This guy will buy you a turn. Um, and I don't know if I don't know what I don't know is. Is there a Demacia deck close enough to tier one that this pushes over the top? That I don't know. Sure, because is this card so. very good? Yes. Sure, because this card is not a. Every card we've looked at so far is yes. When you play Scouts, you play this card. This is a yes. When you play Demacia, you are probably gonna play this card. Yeah, it's, it's a lot always of gonna be in consideration in deck building. Yeah, you don't have to play Scouts to play this necessarily. Right. No, I right. agree. Because it's just a good early but, game but, card. But because but scout, you can still use the scout effect. You don't need fifteen. You don't need five scouts. This can just still use the scout effect by itself. Uh huh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Which is one of the cool things about scout: the fact that it's not printed like an elite is printed. Is that you don't you don't have to synergize in the same way because it's a keyword, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you can just get the keyword on something and use it, and that's cool. That's cool. Thank goodness that they haven't printed a bunch of stuff that give random keywords and you could randomly give your whole board scout. Mm -hmm. Like if they if they stop if talking like, before they start doing that. Oh, as soon as they yeah. do that, don't I'm give them any ideas, Mark. Oh. I don't think they listen to us, but okay. if they did, we don't want to give them any bad ideas. Yeah. So. Don't don't oh, make like say like portals that grow slowly and then give everybody scout. Okay. Or grow very, very quickly all at once. <laughs> yeah. Also, don't do that. So the next one is the <laughs> Grizzled Veteran. This is a four mana four one with Scout that has a last breath. Oh, the Grizzled Ranger. Grizzled Ranger, sorry. Last breath, summon a loyal uh, Badger Bear, and the loyal Badger Bear is a three mana four four. So this is a four mana four one with Scout that when it dies, summons a three mana four four. So DBN, before, before we were recording, you had a, a pretty interesting line you were thinking about with this card. Well, first off, it's my favorite of all of these new cards. Um, I love the art on it. Yes. <laughs> look at his little face. His little, yeah, with the eye patch. That's oh, what makes man. it for me. Look at, look at the eyebrows on the Poro, and then look at the eyebrows on the card. Oh, yeah, they're same big on eyebrows. eyebrows. Oh, in the same eyebrows. That's Coincidence? High quality. 
I think not. Conspiracy. I think Wyatt. not. <laughs> I will expose you. No, go on. Excellent. Yeah, excellent bushy brows. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, okay. So great. So fun art. But take a look at this. So it's a four mana, four one with scout. So four one. But the last breath summons a loyal badger bear. Well, that's really cool, right? And the loyal badger bear is a four four unit. So for four mana, you get a four one with scout where you can attack and potentially prompt another attack. But if it if they block it, it'll drop a four four unit for you to then get the next attack with the scout. Yes. First off, within scouts, this card is excellent. Um, second off. I think this pairs really, really nicely with Shadow Isles, which has a lot of want for more last gasp effects in the game. There aren't a whole lot. And more importantly, there aren't a lot of last gasps that actually help you cement a board advantage like the Cursed Keeper. So the Cursed Keeper is easily the best last gasp effect in Shadow Isles. Um, and basic, well, okay, I'm not including like Commander Ladros or any... Early, so, early game, last early count. game for mm. aggressive decks, right? Um, and so with Curse Keeper, you obviously love that high roll where you drop the Curse Keeper and then play your Ravenous Butcher, okay? But imagine a situation where you drop the Grizzled Ranger, you swing with the Grizzled Ranger using the Scout. They, if they block it, you get a Badger Bear, and you don't four right? damage to one of the things and probably cleared it, right? And probably cleared it, and then can attack again. Um, let's say they ignore it. It comes back to the bench. You can now uh, glimpse beyond it and go ahead and pull a Badger Bear. You can also uh, do the five mana four four Chronicler of Ruin, or no, that's not the right one. The, uh, the, there's the there's the Chronicler of Ruin, which will kill it, and then summon a copy of it, which will summon a Badger Bear, and then bring your Grizzled Ranger back. Oh, you geez. also you also can use your that five drop that will kill it and then summon a follower higher so that's of course if it's stuck six around drop it would summon a six drop it's a it would summon a six drop there is enough synergy here between that and ravenous butcher and glimpse beyond to really utilize an additional last breath card um that's coming from another faction because when i look at last gasp as a strategy in shadow isles i look around for a splash and i have a hard time finding one I, I, so i I think you're really focusing on the right thing with this card, which is super interesting. It's revealed as a scout card, but mm -hmm. I don't think scout is the most interesting part about this at all. No. It's it's a really nice secondary benefit to the card, right? Like I don't I don't I don't care that much that it has scout. I, I like it because well. an extra combat is great. It's really good, but I I think I think the fact that it's a, a resilient four drop is yeah. really interesting to me the resiliency is really what i'm here for well the resiliency is yeah i mean that's the i mean if you think about it through it through its life through the grizzled ranger's life it's effectively going to be a four mana eight five jeez yeah because no one's going to be purifying spread this across its life now it should be noted the in elder scrolls legends we had the deshaun avenger which was a four mana three three that when it died summoned another three three so that was six six of stats as opposed to eight five of stats the sean avenger saw no play uh no modern play when when it was like core set and sure, okay and skyrim it got played a lot and it also that's, didn't give you two attacks that's fair it didn't give it, you right well attacks. and that's what i was getting to yeah <laughs> it didn't give you two attacks 
Um, and I think more importantly, the problem with the Sean Avenger was that it didn't trade up, right? Yes. It this has the aggressive stat line, or at least a average stat line for the uh, on the attack stat for the drop that it is going to get plenty of trades. Um, granted, the Grizzled Ranger can get traded down into with a spider, right? Yeah, we we know that that's the case. Okay, crap. But I think that the synergy in and of itself is good enough that if they are blocking this Grizzled Ranger when you're scouting, I mean, that's where I don't completely agree with you, Laser, which is that, yes, I don't think this is that important for Scout, but I think Scout is very important for this card in a bubble by itself. That's a very good distinction. I actually really like that that point that's a very good point i yeah. think this card is bonkers i think yeah. this card is I, I bonkers it, it, i just put I think myself, it's gonna be hard to dissuade yourself from running it yeah i i just put myself in the situation where i'm playing demacia mid-rangey scout right i'm i'm playing something that's just gonna try to solidify the early board with challengers and then i'm like okay i'm playing scout okay so i'm gonna throw my quinn and my Grizzled Ranger, or let's say um, I'm going to throw my three mana that was a 2-2, two -two, right? And now with Barrier, so I'm going to throw my my 4-1 and my 2-2 two -two at you. And if you block my 4-1 and don't take four damage, I am going to get a 4-4, and then I'm going to punch you with my 4-4 next time. Yeah. And if you don't block it, I'm going to get a 4-1 back, and then I'm going to punch you with my 4-1 again, and try to hit you in the face, and you're going to deal with the exact same question just the next round. <laughs> you're just going to trade back to me and have oh. to make the same exact decision. Do you give me a 4-4, or do you take 4 to your face? Well, and you can trade with this on defense and then have a 4-4 to attack with after on the next turn. Yeah, and I'm just, like, I'm sitting here oh, thinking, like... I could see this. I could see this getting play if it said can't block on it, and it doesn't say that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and I'm looking the, at this. Oh, it's just, I think it's so strong. The only downside to this card is that it doesn't carry buffs as well as the other scout cards. And even sure. that is not that big a deal. Sure. No, the because, other ones, if the other ones carry buffs, then we're happy too. Like, sure. you, you yeah. know, <laughs> because like, you know like, what so does carry buffs really well? His. 4-4 four, four that he summons after he dies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. His 4-4. Four, because four. this can doesn't I, can, summon okay. a 3-3. Three, three. This doesn't summon, summon a 4-3. It summons a 4-4 four, four that you can then attack with the same okay. round okay. that it comes out. It's unbelievable okay. to me. Let's, let me, let me, let me, okay, everybody forget about Grizzled Ranger for one second. Okay, pretend like it doesn't exist, okay? Um, Cursed Keeper. When your opponent drops a Cursed Keeper, you kind of go, ah, shucks, right? But the thing about Curse Keeper, and granted, I know it's a two drop, uh, but the Curse Keeper swings and you say, okay, I'll take a damage. <laughs> right? <cute>. Sure. <laughs> nice. Great. Do I'll take thing, a damage. Curse Keeper. And then you turn around and swing, and the Curse Keeper can't block. So it necessitates them having synergy to get full value out of Curse Keeper. This does okay? not. Now, pause Curse Keeper, going in a different direction here. You're playing against Freljord, and they drop Trindamir. Gosh, what a jerk face, right? Because, oh, man, if I play my vengeance on this big, scary guy with Overwhelm, crap, there's going to be another big, scary guy with Overwhelm. And, in fact, this big, scary guy is worse, <laughs> right? Sure. And bringing it back to Grizzle Ranger, it gets the best of Trindamir at half the price. 
and removes the downside of Cursed Keeper for twice the price. So are you are <laughs> you then, saying this is Trendemere at four? This is this is Trendememe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Old Trendememe. <laughs> That's what this is. <laughs> Classic Trendememe. And you know oh what? You know what I love about this? You know what I absolutely adore? Vile Feast feels really bad against this guy. That mm-hmm. too. <laughs> and I'm I'm down for I'm down for anything that'll make the removal in Shadow Isles feel less less good, less effective. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we are we're supposed to have a, a big topic discussion tonight. Oh, but oh, but you know what? We forgot, guys. This ah, this gets wrecked by sorcerer's negation. Oh, oh good thing that doesn't exist. Uh, oh wait, that's right. <laughs> Don't miss that. Oh god, that card triggered me so hard. Do you know what the worst part is? It never even made control sorcerer good. No. Do you know how long I tried to make that deck good? No, oh, but literally yeah. every card that ever got revealed in Tesla, you said, but what about sorcerer's negation? I, I did. What does sorcerer well, negation do to this? Yeah. Yeah, well, you had to because Sorcerer's Negation was in so all of the best control decks. And do you know what people one. are not asking right now? What does Purify do to this? Is that the card? Is yeah. that even what the name of it it's is? It's Purify. And I thought about that, but it doesn't also kill it. I mean, it's still good, but Whatever. at that point, you're spending three mana to neutralize a four mana card. I mean, it's it's sometimes you'll want to do that. I think you're right. But I mean, wouldn't you rather neutralize like something bigger? Trendemir, Sithria. <laughs> Here's what I'm thinking. Sithria is a good, a good purify. At this point, you have given three slots in your forty card deck to purify. Um, so yeah, right. <laughs> I feel perfectly fine with you purifying it because I'm probably going to beat you. Um, Yo, card solid yeah. as a tech card. Yeah, I, I like <sighs> purify, but it's better I, in I, tournaments than ladder. Yeah, that's it's, it's a tournament card, hundred percent. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So we're supposed to have a discussion about spell speed. Um, but laser, I'm just gonna ask you, do you have time to talk about spell speed um with how late it is right now? Likely not. I think I heard heard my oven beep, which means I think my girlfriend was baking something. So that has my attention right now. That has your attention <laughs> right now. Okay, so here's the thing. Justly what so. if we postpone? Because we have a couple of things. We have laser's lore corner, right? Oh, we're making that happen? Hell yeah. Uh, because if we have lasers lore corner and we need to talk about spell speed, I for my in my opinion, that at least gives us two more, if not more, episodes with laser in the future. Whether that is in the like right coming up or sometime in the future, we gotta have that discussion. But I think that's a great opportunity. We still want to have you on the show to talk about spell speed, but we want to be a, a, a knowledgeable, we want to be, be aware of the time. And then we yeah, all kind of blindsided by new cards being revealed. Sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, we yeah. had plans, but we also, I think at least if we don't do like a recurring thing with Lasers Lore Corner, it would certainly be cool at some point in the future to have an entire episode just dedicated to lore. Um, yeah. and and just have 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 a have a conversation about that because dbn and i know virtually nothing about the lore of lor oh my god you know what faction i forgot the void Ooh. like the void could definitely be another faction they bring out Cho- anyway chogath right Cho-Gath there's, a void? There's, a, there's a lot in the void there's Ooh. chogath there's kogma there's malzahar there's kassadin there's kaisa there's a lot of void champions. Yeah, and then there's the uh, words. What's the dude? What's the dude with like that looks like a bug that has a, the uh, the assassin that looks like a bug? 
Kazakhs. Kazakhs. Yeah. I love Kazakhs. Anubarak. Basically, that's, that's more correct than not. <laughs> okay, well, hey, let's start wrapping this thing up then. Let's talk about how people can get connected with what we're putting out there and what's going on if you want to get connected outside of the show. So, Laser, why don't we start with you? How can people get plugged into what you're doing? Yeah, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Discord. I'm Lasergician on all of them. Um, thankfully, no one else thought of the name, so it makes finding me pretty easy. Nice. Nice. DBN News put out a YouTube video. How can people find that, man? Dead Broke Nerd on YouTube. That's it. Yeah. Um, but hopefully there'll be another video up before Friday so you guys can uh, enjoy that one. Uh, or not. You know, whatever, man. Whatever you're Yeah, whatever hey, you know what? Like. Hate comments are still engagement. Yeah, hey, I love them, you know? <laughs> okay. They I'm gonna, hate us because they ain't us. I'm going to give you <laughs> my quick plug. And then I do have a closing thought for today, but it's a brief one. Okay. So mm -hmm. here's my quick plug. One, join our discord, come in there, get involved, start talking in our discord. That's what I want you to do. I stream a little bit on twitch.tv slash the lift, and I've been streaming more and more. So a little bit of different things, TFT um, and LOR primarily. And here I probably had other things to talk about. Oh yeah. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Cause that puts you in the drawing for a hat in the month of April that we haven't got made yet because the world is shut down because you're listening to this during the COVID-19 crisis. So when we get the hat made, which is a sick black hat with a snap back that says legends cast in gold logo on the front of it, it's the bomb. Mm -hmm. Leave us that five-star rating and review over on iTunes. We'll give you a shout out on the show, put you in the drawing. You can support the show going over to patreon.com slash legends cast. And we have several patrons that are over there right now. I want to thank every single one of you. And I'm going to start reading out some names of our patrons whenever mm -hmm. we're doing the show because I need to do that. And I just haven't done it. I'm really sorry, guys. And, you know, if, if you for the for the uh, month of April, because it's my birthday month, uh, the winner, whoever wins that drawing, I will personally sneeze on your hat when we ship it out. So, hey. <laughs> big money for the month of april enjoy that is priceless you can't get that anywhere else <laughs> i will just i'll just come out and say that that's not gonna happen because i'm gonna get the hats and dbn won't be close to his, his sneezy mouth um not gonna happen uh okay. i'm kidding so here here's my closing thought i'm in we're in this world right now where there's these two things happening in people's lives, right? Where every decision that you make right now is criticized by both sides of the equation. You say, I want to go to Easter and see, or go, go out on Easter and see my family this year. There is one person that thinks you are the antichrist because you are killing people with the virus that you don't have right now. And then there is someone else who's saying, what do you mean you're only going to go out for Easter? I go out every single day and I'm never going to wear a mask and only communists can make me, right? <laughs> and so, like, you have the two sides of the equation and they're yelling at you. So here's here's just what I want to say. We were in this dilemma about, like, what to do with the holiday and, and all of these different things, right? And my my thought is this. There are seasons and times in your life that you should seek out wise counsel Find really good mentors. Find people who know more than you. Find people who are older than you. Do not get all of your wise counsel from people your age. If you have a Poro that speaks to you like Lasergician does, you can use that as well, okay? But find Albus people- is so wise. He's incredibly wise. <laughs> find people who can speak into your life and give you really wise advice. 
And at the same time, there are times in life when you should not seek advice from too many people. It, that is a hard balance to draw. It's hard to figure out. But there are times in life when you need to seek advice from wise people and receive wise counsel. And there are times in life when you need to make a decision and stop asking people to give you their opinion and stop seeking counsel. And it's not always easy. And I've been stumbling and bumbling because I'm the type of person that I seek wise counsel just in everything that I do because I think that's the wise thing to do. And there are times in life when you just can't do that. And that is okay. That's my, that's my closing thought for the day. Laser, what we try to do at the end of our episodes is I usually try to give something that adds value to somebody's life beyond just Legends of Runeterra. We're trying to make people's lives better here, not just make better Legends of Runeterra players. So that's that's one of my desires. Also, that's, I dig it. That's our shtick. Yeah, that's one of my shticks. So lastly, uh, I'll just say this. I am a pastor outside of what I do here on the show. Um, and so I would love to support you, listen to your prayer for you. So if you're in a tough situation right now, especially with everything that's going on in COVID-19, find me on Discord and just reach out to me. We'll hang out. We'll play some games. I'll just listen to you. It's there's no pressure. I'm just saying like my heart is to support people. And during a time like this, when people are under an abnormal amount of stress, anxiety, and fear, like I'm here just to be a sounding board and just to listen to you if you don't have one. Um, so please join the discord and reach out to me. I'm always willing to hang out with folks when I can pray for folks all the time and just be a, a listening ear for people who need it. And there's a lot of people in our world who need a listening ear, especially right now. So I'm here to be able to do that. Okay, that's all the plugs, and that's a lot of them. Uh, any other closing thoughts either of you have before we head out? Make yeah, sure you floss turn to me. Uh, what did you say? Make that sure too. you floss. Yeah, floss regularly. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's not advice I'm looking for. Yeah, and nerf turn to meme. Yep. <laughs> Nerf trend to meme. Okay. Laser, once again, thank you so much for joining the show. And we will certainly be stoked for the next time that you can get on here for some conversations about card speed and uh the lore corner. That's gonna do it for episode 10 of season two of Legends Cast. Thank you so much for tuning in and be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you want to become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast or leave a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts.